Welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold, the sports car market podcast. Market experts and car friends for over 30 years, Keith Martin and Mark Green have come together through their mutual love for collector cars. Keith and Mark will take you on a ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so that you know when to make your own decisions to buy, sell, or hold. Hey, hello, I am Mark Green from the Cars Yeah! podcast. And I'm Keith Martin from Sports Car Market Magazine. Welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold, what we like to call the essence of collecting. And this is show number lucky 13. So, Keith, show number 13, we're starting to get there. We're starting to make some momentum. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. I had a wonderful weekend, and I'm ready for a fantastic and very busy week here. Absolutely. Well, we're going to have a little bit of fun today. Today, we're going to be talking to another king of auctions, a gentleman named Craig, and I, before we invite him into the show, I wanted to to get your impression because you had a TV show where you would go to auctions, you would make some guesstimates on what the cars would be, and I wanted to have you talk a little bit about what is the magic that is around auctions. Well, Mark, I've been going to uh, auctions for over 30 years, and what attracts me to them in general is that they are a pure theatrical experience. I mean, you're you're watching people decide to buy and sell a car right there in front of you, right when someone says, will you give me another $100 for this car? Auctions are a social event. You bring people together who are all of like mind. In other words, let's take 100 people uh, out of a general population and you say, gee, do you feel like buying a car today? And maybe three would say, sure. But if you go to an auction and you ask 100 people, do you feel like buying a car today? And they'll say, one, heck, I'm here to buy five. (laughs) Yeah. So you're surrounded by enablers. The cars are there to be sold. Everything is beautiful. I mean, the the reason some cars just bring top dollar is that they're mouthwatering. The way the auction companies put the lights on the cars, the detailing of the hood, the signage around the cars, uh, everything. Each car is almost like, you know, Cinderella waking up and just saying, take me home and drive me. <laughs> Absolutely. I love your term, the enablers, because That's one of those danger factors if you're there with a bunch of buddies and they're all egging you on. If you just show a little sign, I guess it would go back to the days of going out with your buddies to a bar saying, go up and talk to that gal. Come on, you can do it. It's the same same dangerous situation sometimes. Or the worst thing is when your friend says, well, if you don't buy it, I will. Oh, that's (laughs) those those are fighting words. Those are kiss of death. Yeah. Might as well just pull your checkbook out and say uh, blank check here. Take it. Yeah, go ahead. That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I I think auctions are so special. And for those listeners that have never attended one, you absolutely have to go. And there's so many these days. They're all surrounded by big car events, sometimes concours and so forth. The guest we have today, though, is the king of auctions in my, my impression of him and how Craig has evolved his business over many, many years. In fact, coming up in 2021, this particular gentleman is going to be celebrating their 50th anniversary, which is mind-boggling when you really stop to think about it. So we're going to have a little fun today with auctions, right? We are. We're going to have a great time. I think it's going to be a high-paced conversation that moves 100 miles an hour. (laughs) Ziggity, 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 as they say. So hold on to your wallets. We're going to have a little bit of fun here. We'll be right back. But first, a little special offer from Keith's team at Sports Car Market Magazine. We'll be right back. Mark Green here. I have subscribed to Sports Car Market Magazine for decades. While I've dropped most of my other car magazine subscriptions, Sports Car Market is the one I'll never let go. 
it's a hold. Getting it monthly in my mailbox brings a huge smile to my face. Sports Car Market Magazine is filled with great articles and market updates on collector car values. It's a virtual treasure trove of value. Even the advertisements are fun to watch. Boy, I've got a deal for you. You're going to get $10 off your print subscription simply by using the code BSH on their website. Go to sportscarmarket.com slash BSH, use the code BSH, and get 10 bucks off your print subscription of Sports Car Market Magazine. That's a deal. That's code BSH at sportscarmarket.com slash BSH and get $10 off your print subscription today. So, Mark, who's our guest going to be today? Well, here's a guy who pretty much everybody in the car industry knows. Today, we have Craig Jackson on Buy, Sell, Hold. Craig Jackson is the chairman and CEO of Barrett Jackson Auction Company. Over decades, he has earned the reputation as one of the world's most respected automotive collectors and restoration experts. And in addition to numerous Barrett Jackson auctions that take place across the country, Craig is an avid automotive collector and, of course, an enthusiast. This past January, Barrett Jackson celebrated their most successful auction year ever in Scottsdale, Arizona. During their annual event, Craig and his team will be celebrating Barrett Jackson's 50th anniversary in 2021. Oh my gosh, we're all getting a little bit older here, which no doubt will be another banner year for their company and their customers. So Craig, welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold. How are you doing today? Oh, very well, Paul. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Keith, take it away. Craig, let's jump right in. If you were to describe the collector car market today and you use just one word to describe it, what would that word be and why would you pick it? I think it is thriving. If I had to pick another word, I would say diverse. Explain those two words. Well, it's thriving as far as at our auction this year, the amount of new people coming in and uh, the enthusiasm. We had the most amount of bidders that we've ever had, almost 5,500 registered bidders at Scottsdale. The age is getting younger, and the years of cars we're selling are becoming newer. So it is transitioning, uh, which I think is my second answer, diverse. Diverse in the type of cars and diverse in the people that are buying cars. So, Craig, let's talk for a second about your 5,500 bidders. A part of what Barrett Jackson has done is nearly every one of your cars is no reserve. Now, that could be a scary thing because it means the car is going to go for the highest bid. But when you have five and a half thousand people who have paid money to register, then the sellers can feel like there are going to be a few people out there who really want their car. And there is. And, you know, we have this talk going in to understand what they think the car is worth and what we think the car is worth. And at the end of the day, we were off about 2% across. So we're pretty close on our estimates going in of what we think the cars are worth. Some hit high, some hit low, but you see trends. And what we say is we are not dictating the market, the market dictates. And to that fact, as you saw some cars getting a little weaker and some cars getting a lot stronger as uh, boomers are aging and the greatest generation is gone and, or for the most part, is going. And now you've got millennials coming in, X-Geners, and we're already teeing it up for Gen Zers. So you've got to keep evolving, and that is what we are doing. So, Craig, that's talking about 
the market at large. Now let's get personal. Today, we're going to talk about three vehicles in your life. One that was a memorable buy, one that was a memorable sell, and one that you will never let go of. Let's start about the memorable buy. Tell us about a car that you lusted after, you chased after, it was hard to get, and what it was like when you finally landed it in your garage. Well, I could answer a couple of those. I think, you know, memorable buy, one of them was the first car that uh, my parents had ever bought, a 34 Cadillac Model 370D V12 Fleetwood Coupe. That was a car that my brother and my dad had restored prior to me even being born. They restored it in the garage at the house in Michigan. My mom drove the car when they moved out here. It's been a piece of the Barrett-Jackson history. They sold it at the first auction. I wanted to buy it back privately, and the gentleman that had it said, no, I want to run it across your auction block. So I got off the auction block, sat in the front row. Mr. Hendrick kept raising my hand and <laughs> saying, son, I'm enjoying the hell out of this. I'll bet. Watch you get a taste of your own medicine. And I ended up buying the car for 330000 and now we have <laughs> tore the whole car apart. It is a bare frame down in our shop. We are restoring it for 2021 to be back and in better condition than it has ever been. And part of that is, you know, really taking the car to another level. So that one's very memorable. A car I chased forever, though, that I finally found was Little Red, which was this very iconic uh, Shelby that also goes in my category of a car I'll never let go of. So that one covers two parts of that. I don't know how familiar you are with that car, but uh, tell us, tell, that tell car us is a little... piece of history. Yeah, tell us about it. Carol, when he came back from Omaha in 1966, he ordered three cars that were going to be the first GT500s, a convertible, a coupe, and a fastback. And the coupe became his personal car. He ended up putting two superchargers on it, leather interior, Ferrari carpets, and it was his car to go out and, as he said, to use the word, but it's his term, kick Ferraris on the street because he had just done it on the track. And that became a very mythical car. Everybody said it was crushed. And we know the whole story now after we found it and uh, have gone full circle. It is a mate to the Green Hornet that was made after it. It was the first car that Lee Iacocca saw, and then they ended up making the California specials from it. And it was just one of those urban legends that uh, everybody thought for sure was gone. And we hunted the car down, found it, and we're doing a documentary on it and a documentary on the Green Hornet, its sister car. And they're the only two EXP 500 cars ever built. And we unveiled the pair at Scottsdale. So my goal with those is to keep those two cars together forever and hopefully leave them for the next generations to come and see. So I'm just a caretaker of these cars, and I take it serious. I've been very involved with the restorations of these cars, as people will see in the documentaries. They go for one of those great barn finds. Oh, this was a field find. And here's the funny part. It was 20 miles away from Aaron Shelby sitting in a field. Wow. Holy cow. That's incredible. I mean, what cars a story. Cars I've sold yeah. that I probably shouldn't have. You know, I've had some great cars over the years that, you know, I bought to go use for purposes. Uh, a short wheelbase California Spider didn't fit well in the car, so I sold it. 
XKSS Jaguar, bought it for a rally car to go do the Grand, uh, found it to be a long trip. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> neat car. <laughs> yeah, a long but, trip. Well, you know, Craig, we always like to ask our guests a question about a significant vehicle that they really regret selling. And it sounds like, you know, we all have these cars that we buy that we they're a dream. And then when we drive them, they're not quite what we want. But the sale, the car that you really regret selling, you really wish you, you had that back. Uh, I would probably say my Dallahay, although seeing it get re-restored again some almost 30 years later and seeing it on the lawn at Pebble, I'm glad that they re-restored the car. More information's come out on a lot of things that nowadays we didn't know when we first restored cars. And seeing it sit back on the lawn was very satisfying. I missed the car for a lot of years, but when you restore a car to 100 points and you've taken it to their Grand Classic and you've won all the awards, then it's sitting in your garage and you're not driving it and it's you're like, well, am I going to sit here and watch it deteriorate or am I going to turn it into something else? So I sold the car and then I went out and bought the world's greatest muscle cars and uh, spread the money around and my dad and Tom Barrett both told me I was out of my mind buying Hemi Cuda convertibles, Hemi Cuda convertibles, ZL1s, and, you know, the the rarest muscle cars. But, you know, I go, this is, for our generation, this is S.J. Duesenberg's. This is the, the top of the heap. And I try to not put myself into that same context when th- this generation's wanting to collect different cars. I don't want to be one of the two old Muppets up there sitting there, ah, those aren't collector cars. <laughs> well, they are for that generation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, the Delahaye, what year was that Delahaye? Uh, 1948, Fagoni and Falashi bodied. Uh, my dad bought it in Switzerland from a good friend of ours, Mr. Gugusberg, and it. somebody had tried to restore the car, tore the whole car apart, and had changed out all the wood and put the car back together, and it didn't fit. So then they tore the whole car back apart, and that's the way my dad bought it. So when it came in a container, he goes, it's going to need a restoration. The body wasn't even assembled. All the skins were laying in a pile. The engine was tore apart, the transmission, the rear end, and it was all just in boxes. I'm like, you bought an erector set. Yeah, but you can put it together. So (laughs) I had to make all new wood for it, re-restore it, and put it back together. and did the best I could do at the time of you know, how authentic it was. And now they've got other documents that came out, what exact color it was. Because when I got it, it was uh, painted a a weird color that is not the color that it originally was. It was good seeing it back out on the lawn and standing tall. Yeah. What year was that on the lawn? Uh, Not this year, the year before. Year before. Okay. I'll have to go back and look up my pictures because I love those old cars. They're beautiful. I'm sure I took some photographs of that car, but uh, find, realizing that was your car is, is pretty cool. Craig, Keith's going to have a question for you in a minute. We're going to take a short break and thank our sponsors, but we'll be right back. I've been subscribing to Sports Car Market Magazine for decades, and it shows up like clockwork in my mailbox every month. But what about when I'm on the road? Did you know that digital subscriptions to Sports Car Market are just $2.50 a month when you sign up with the promo code DIGITAL50? That's less than a cup of coffee. You get 50% off regular price just for listening here to Buy, Sell, Hold. Plus, digital subscribers receive instant access to a year's worth of back issues 
and the exclusive Insider's Guide, including the 2020 Insider's Guide to the beautiful Amelia Island Concourse and all the spring auctions as well. No more boredom while sitting at the airport or on your flight. To get your Sports Car Market digital subscription at this discount, go to sportscarmarket.com slash digital50. Your order will automatically get you the 50% off. What a deal. Go and sign up today at sportscarmarket.com slash digital50. So, Craig, you had the Delahaye, you sold the Delahaye. If you had a chance to buy it back now, would you do that or have your tastes in collecting moved on? You know, I had a chance to buy it back. I had to search my soul and I called Don Williams. I go, what do you think? And he goes, Craig, you already know the answer. (laughs) Keep moving ahead. That's what I decided to do. I didn't end up getting the car back. And the gentleman that did get it did a fantastic restoration on it. I'll tell you a funny story. I was at the the winter circle at Pebble Beach where they're waiting for best of show because it won its class and it was sitting there and the uh, new owner had to go do something and his wife came up and goes, well, who's guarding the car? He goes, Craig Jackson's over there guarding it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. A good guard. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. A good guard. Well, is there is there a car in your collection that you'll absolutely never let go? Well, there's several. I think uh, the two I already talked about, the the two experimental uh, Shelby's, have been offered a lot of money from a Hemi Cuda convertible. I don't know if I would never sell it, but I've turned down uh, what a lot of people would think is, uh, as Tom Barrett would have said, there's two fools meeting, the one that made the offer <laughs> and the one that turned it down. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> but I love my cars. You know, I have my own. So we built a new corporate headquarters, and right around the corner, I built uh, another building that houses my personal collection. That's my family office, my man cave. You know, I have about 85 cars in my personal collection now, and I love them. I very rarely sell one, although I did a couple years ago. I sold a Q code convertible Mustang only because I found an R-Code, a rarer car, to replace it with. And uh, I just keep, you know, like a garden, keep pruning and trimming. And But I also keep evolving. I put this in context. When I hired our GM here, he goes, well, I've got a collector car. This is years ago. And uh, I go, what do you got? He goes, I got a Bronco. It's like, that's eh, not a collector car. What I buy this year? A 77 Bronco. <laughs> so He planted a seed in your head. I'm a... <laughs> He did. And, you know, seeing him go across the block and, you know, now with the invent of the resto mods and being to upgrade these cars and or SUVs. But it was not something originally that really touched my heartstrings, but my taste is evolving. And I'm, as I say, I'm not trying to be one of these old guys that uh, because I didn't grow up lusting for one, your taste can evolve. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important factor. So, Craig, let, let's go into Craig Jackson fantasy land here. We're going to talk about the perfect all-around collector car, a car that you may not own right now, not the most expensive, not the most exotic, but a car that you'd look at and say, God, I can do anything in this car, and this car will just make me so happy. What car would that be? It's a toss-up. Both I drive quite a bit. So the Hemi Cuda convertible that I talked about, I actually drive it. It's it's licensed and tagged, and uh, 
it gets driven. It does not have the matching numbers motor in it that is sitting on a crate on a engine stand next to it. It has a crate replacement engine from the day in it, so I can drive it. And then the next car, although it's supposed to be one car, was is my <laughs> 427 Cobra, and I've driven that probably 14,000 miles since I've had it. Several road rallies, and uh, I've restored that car three times now. So it gets driven. So what is, what is it about the 427, Craig? Some people talk 289. I mean, what is it about the 427 that really works for you? For me, it is I steer it with my right foot. It's a little, uh, you know, I've gone through the suspension and gone through it and really tweaked the car so I know how it handles. And I just love whenever I want to light them up, I can light them up on it. You know, and I've done some upgrades to it. I put some heat shielding on the firewall because it is like having a barbecue under the hood. Uh, first time I took it on a road rally, I thought my shoes were going to stick to the floorboards because it was so hot down there. So little things you do that don't really hurt it on, you know, being authentic. It's under the carpet. You can't see it. But doing little tweaks to it here and there. But, you know, we've painted the car three times because I've driven it so many times. It's been rock chipped. And just keep making it better. I love the car. It's the prototype wide hip car. It was built right in the production of the narrow hip cars. And I love Shelby's and I love you know, probably 20. Some of them, my collection are Shelby's. That is the quintessential Cobra for me. It has a great story to the car. You know, I just feel like it's a good karma car. I love driving the car no matter, unless it's really raining hard out, although it's got a top and all that, uh, I drive that car all the time. I love that fact. How about the Hemi Cuda convertible? What kind of driving impressions does that car give you in comparison? It's hard to compare the two. They're very different to the Cobra. It's uh, very docile if you want it to be, but if you put your foot into it, it definitely gets with the program. But it's wild looking car because it's in violet in a Plymouth, which in a uh, Dodge, you'd call it uh, plum crazy with a white top and a white leather interior. The only one outfitted in that color combination. And it's a very well-known car, but it is so flamboyant. And uh, there's been so many clones of it made. You know, whenever I pull up to a light, people are like, is that a real one? I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a real one. Same as the Cobra. People want to know if it's a real car you're out driving. Yeah, it's a real one. I enjoy driving that car. And, you know, it's good to drive these cars. If you let these cars sit, the automatic transmissions start leaking, the seals start giving up on them. We have a rotation plan, and I have them put another car out, and I drive another car home. I drive another car back to work, and I exercise my cars. And, you know, it's the best thing, I think, for them. So, Craig, the two words you used to describe the market were diverse and thriving. So, thinking about those words, how has today's market affected the Barrett-Jackson auction, and how has it affected your personal collecting? Good question. So my collection is getting younger. I have put away a lot of modern, I think, supercars, as well as, you know, I bought for charity the first GT500 uh, Shelby. I'm putting away a lot of, I think, the last of the greatest pure petroleum cars as we hit this peak. And I love driving them, too. So when I bought the VIN number one GT500, Ford also allocated me VIN 131, which matches Little Red. So now I have this four cars, two of the originals, two 
clones of the two cars in the 2020s. I think they're going to be collector cars of the future. You know, the Ford GTs, they already are instant collector cars. But I've put away quite a few. I bought one of the last stick shift uh, front-engined Corvettes from General Motors. As you hit that end of that era, I've bought quite a few three-pedal Porsches as you hit the end of the era of three-pedal turbos. I love driving them. Uh, they're a great car to drive. Even though I have a GT2 RS, PDK transmission's great, but I still love shifting. I love doing this, the dance with the feet, and I just love driving manual transmission cars. So I'm trying to put away as many of those as I can that I find that are low mileage or you know, right at the end of production, I buy one. So I probably have 20-some cars in my collection that I would say are pretty modern cars that I think are future collector cars. Do you have a lot of uh, positive feelings about the future of the collector car market? As you've discussed earlier, younger people, uh, millennials, XYs coming in to the game. Um, What's your thoughts on that? Because you hear mixed stories from people, oh, young kids today don't like cars. I'm not sure, sure I believe in that. Well, if you came out to Barrett Jackson on Family Value Day, we had 35,000 kids there. So uh, be careful what you wish for sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. It's different. They like different cars, but, you know, we've been evolving over time. And, you know, we started selling the Japanese cars, which they really relate to. That's why now Toyota and Lexus are a sponsor, you know, seeing just the enthusiasm towards these cars, towards the tuner cars. Uh, Cody Walker was just here in our office a few minutes ago. He's starting a whole new thing. Uh, Look at how the Paul Walker cars did. Phenomenal. But look at the the generations that have grown up, you know, watching Fast and Furious. Now we're on, we're on Fast 9. What a worldwide phenomenon. We put that press release out, that thing went global instantly. Probably bigger than any release we've ever done. I mean, we've done ones with Michael Jackson back in the day when he was still at the peak of his uh, celebrity. And we thought, oh, you'll never match that. Well, Paul Walker was absolutely unbelievable. The cars did phenomenal. And it shows you there's a a pent-up demand that this generation wants cars that they can relate to. There you go. Yeah, it's all about how we grew up and what we were doing at the time we were in junior high, high school, in that era, and that new generation of people with money in their pockets, with jobs now, uh, they can buy those things. It's fantastic. And resto mods, too, cover multiple generations. I know when we first started selling them, we got flack for it. But, uh, you know, it's a craze that's not going to end. And it's not going to end with the pure petroleum engines that we're doing it. We're going to start building hybrids. We have a shop here. We're building cars uh, in our shop. We're going to start playing around with more of that as time goes on. It's the iconic look, but you can customize it, make it however you want, and put whatever powertrain in it you want. Oh, so yeah. if you're all green, we sold a Cobra at the auction this year that had a Tesla. It was a Cobra body on a Tesla chassis. <laughs> so it was all electric. Yeah, and you see these people doing this with things like Outlaws, of course, Rod Emery, John Wilhoyt, building Outlaws that are becoming more and more popular, but also the Singer. Uh, RSR cars, uh, Porsches. I think about myself and I, I used to be such this purist and now I would not mind at all, especially after, after driving, uh, one of Rod Emery's cars and John Wilhoyd's cars. I don't know if I could go back to a 356 
But I love the electric motors. Z Electric is putting uh, electric motors in these old Volkswagen bugs and buses that make them fun to drive. You know, it's it's going to be an evolution. Some people are going to miss the sound. Um, there's some that they're actually putting sound to them, so they make noise. So, you know, I think next, you know, Paul or uh, Tim Allen built a deuce with electric motor in it. You're going to see more of that. We're going to embrace it. It's just going to be an evolution. We are not stuck. If we were back when I took over the company, we'd still be selling all pre-war classics. The market's evolving and changing. It's as we say, we're a supermarket. We don't just sell filet mignon. We got to take care of the vegetarians and the gluten free. And <laughs> it doesn't matter what the next wave is of what people want to eat. That's what the shelves are going to have on them. And the market dictates how well they do when they go over the auction block. And the ones that knock it out of the park, we keep stocking more of those cars. Yeah. That's just the way supply and demand works. If it rolls on rubber. We love it. Keith, do you have any other questions before we let Craig go? I know he's doing some filming this afternoon. Any other questions for him? Oh, uh, Craig, if if you were to have somebody 50 years from now look back at what you've done with Barrett Jackson Auction and how it's changed the whole collector car world, how would you like them to describe Barrett Jackson? Part of it's something I've been working on, Keith, and I keep working on, and that is, I think, trying to represent the cars as honestly as possible, having transparency, and really trying to set uh, standards in this industry that is unregulated, and just say that he put as many ethics into a business that is unregulated as possible while bringing in so many new people by using TV and all the other sort of medias that I was an early adopter of with the internet, television, and the convergence of those two together now, we're bringing in new people. 40% of our people that come to each auction as bidders are first-timers. Wow. And that keeps rolling forward and forward. That's tremendous. That's tremendous. Well, I want to thank you, Craig, for what you've done for this whole genre because it's just phenomenal. I mean, you guys, I'm pretty sure you were the first ones on television, right? Yes, we struck that deal. Yeah, Craig, I was by a decade or more. Yeah, you were absolutely from nineteen ninety ninety six to two thousand and five or six, ten years, right, Keith? Yeah, and I I just remember the very first time when we were saying four hours. Do you think? Do you think we can keep a a viewer watching for four whole (laughs) hours? Yeah. Now it's a whole weekend. Now it's forty hours. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Oh, it's incredible. it It was a great experience. I'll tell you what, Rob Myers was at the auction this year, and he's like, I can't believe all of this. And he actually said, he goes, I didn't think when you put this on TV, this thing, that people would want to watch it. But he goes, it's become a phenomena. And I thought that that was quite a compliment. I go, Rob, you're on one side of the business. I'm on the other. But the goal is, how do we get more people into the hobby? It doesn't matter what they like. It's get them into the hobby. That's my goal. Yeah, so absolutely. I try to work with everybody to make it our, our goal and work across the board. It's whether we're at SEMA promoting and working with them on legislation that's negative against car collecting or whatever it is. I'm a champion for what's good for our hobby. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for doing that. Thank yes. you so much. Before we let you go today, Craig, could you offer our listeners maybe one little parting piece of wisdom or advice when it comes to buying, holding or selling collective cars? 
Oh, I, I always give the same advice, and that is buy with your heart, buy what you like, buy the best car you can buy, do your homework ahead of time, but don't buy what somebody else says is going to be a good investment, because if it doesn't end up being a good investment, you don't have a car in your garage that when you open the door up, your heart just sort of goes pitter. I walk over to my garage at my house all the time and just walk through there. I I say, I got to pinch myself. I am so lucky (laughs) to have these cars and the joy they bring to me, whether they've gone up or down in value, you know, I've made a very good living doing this, but it's my passion. It's what I love. And everything in my collection has a purpose because I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, words of advice from the king of auctions, Craig Jackson. Again, you can find everything that Craig has shared with us today on his very own a show notes page, either on the sportscarmarket.com website, just go to sportscarmarket.com slash podcast, or go to my website, carsyeah.com, and you can find everything listed there. Craig, hey, thank you for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and uh, everything that you have to share. And mostly thank you for what you've done for the, the car hobby. It's been fantastic. Well, thank you. And Keith, thank you for having me on. And thank you for being part of the broadcast when we first launched all this. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Craig. It's it's been my pleasure as well. Thanks for being here. Have a great rest of your day, Craig. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Mark Green here. If you love the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast, you'll want to listen to my Cars Yeah podcast, where over five years, I've interviewed over 1,000 475 inspiring automotive enthusiasts. You'll have free access to my guest shows five days a week. These are amazing people who share their world around cars, trucks, and motorcycles. I take a deep dive into their businesses, and they share with you how they've wrapped their passion for vehicles into their lives. Plus, go to the CarsYeah.com website and hit the free book button, and I'll email you my free filler-up book. It's an ebook filled with beautiful fuel filler fun and inspiring quotes from my past guests. Once subscribed, you'll get my weekly blog as well. You can find all the Cars Yeah shows on CarsYeah.com or on any mobile device using your podcast app. Just search for Cars Yeah Podcast and subscribe today. That way you'll get both Buy, Sell, Hold with Keith and me and the Cars Yeah Podcast delivered right to your mobile device or your computer. Thanks for listening. We hope to have shed some light today on the collector car market. You can listen to all the Buy, Sell, Hold podcasts at sportscarmarket.com and carsyeah.com. You'll find hundreds of inspiring automotive enthusiasts on the Cars Yeah website as well. Be sure to log into sportscarmarket.com and subscribe to Keith's SCM weekly newsletter. You'll find digital issues, insider event guides, and price guides, along with our platinum database, column profiles, classifieds, and many other resources. Join Keith and Mark next week to hear from another automotive industry leader who will help you determine when to buy, sell, or hold.